The Real Food Reel is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their healthy kitchen oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil. Visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning into today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 188 of The Real Food Real, we are joined by our regular guest, gut guru, Kirsty Worth. In today's episode, you will learn all about probiotics, including their benefits and the important guiding principles to use when choosing the right product for you. We discuss the clinical relevance of the proven bacterial strains and answer the question, should everyone be supplementing with probiotics? We also explore the importance of our favorite mantra, test, don't guess, provide you with options for travel, and so much more. Hi, Kirsty, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I'm really looking forward to today's topic. Probiotics are obviously a very vogue topic at the moment, so I wanted to start with a little 101. So what exactly are probiotics? You know, how do they work in the body and should everyone be supplementing with them? Okay, so yes, they are extremely hot topic at the moment, but probiotics are basically live microorganisms. So in most cases, they're bacteria and they're beneficial microorganisms that we find within our gut, so within the human gut. So it is just basically... Um, a diverse amount of bacteria, and there are all different types of strains that you can you know, get as probiotics. And the aim of those probiotics is that we take them and they come into our body and they basically increase the amount of those beneficial bacteria within our gut microbiome and support our health, support our immune system and um, our digestion and really just help us with our overall health. So that's sort of the basic premise of why we would take probiotics. Amazing. Thank you. So what about, should everyone be supplementing with probiotics? Look, um, this is a tricky 
Tricky question. And my sort of response to that at the moment is no, because it's a bit hit and miss. I mean, within our, within our gut microbiome, we, you know, we have trillions and trillions and trillions of, of this bacteria, you know, diversity of the different types of bacteria that we have in there. And so unless you've had very specific tests to show what you are deficient in, and what you've also got an overgrowth in or what is in balance, you're kind of taking something and stabbing around in the dark with what you're having. Now, so obviously, um, if, you know, if you're having fermented foods, which have all those beautiful probiotics in them, that's amazing. But when you're having probiotics and you're not really sure what's going on within your gut microbiome, um, you won't really know what probiotics to take. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I think it's become a bit of a fad and we see lots of people, you know, taking probiotics and I, we'll get into, you know, how we measure how strong they are and all those sorts of things. But I think, I think you need to be that detective and you need to take that, you know, ownership and be the advocate for yourself that you need to be and find out what type of probiotics does my body need and how do I rebalance my body by using the right probiotics? And, and then they will be fine for you to have. But I'd hate to see anyone um, spending money on probiotics and they, they just don't need to have it. Or it could actually be worsening their symptoms or creating an imbalance. Yeah. Absolutely. So where do we start then? I mean, it, it, let's say in the absence of testing, mm -hmm. what do we see when we're maybe looking at a, a store-bought option? You know, there's, they, they use the measurement term CFU, which does talk about the, the strength. Talk to us more about mm -hmm. your thoughts there. Yeah, so the CFU is the colony forming unit. So it basically just tells us how much of that particular, you know, the strain, how much of it is in there and how it's going to colonise within your gut. Now, when we look at the digestive system, the digestive system has, um, you know, as it goes through the body, there's a, a pH gradient. And so in our stomach, the pH is super, super, super low. It's like, you know, 1.9 or something or two, you know, around the two. So it's really, really acidic. And the reason why it's acidic is because we want to kill off any infections or we want to kill off anything in our food that is going to disrupt our body. And so, you know, probiotics are extremely sensitive to acid and they're very sensitive. And so... There are some probiotics that, um, you know, if you take them, if it doesn't have a very high CFU count, so lots of it, like, um, you know, we sort of want to be looking in the billions. If it doesn't have that sort of, you know, 25 billion in there um, and you've got a really robust amount of stomach acid, there's a very high chance that it won't actually survive that stomach acid and get down into the intestine and into the bowel where those <clears throat> where those bacteria need to colonise and set up. So the CFU and the strength of it's very important because you want it to be able to get past that stomach acid and get down into the, into the gut. The CFU, um, you know, just also gives us an understanding of, um, how, you know, with the live bacteria, 
just making sure that, um, you know, it is a colony and there's lots of them there so we can, um, you know, make a difference. So I, I would be looking for um, a high in the billions, so between, you know, 15 billion and 100 billion. That's very, very important. Um, the other things that you want to look at is just to make sure that it is a live culture and so you want to be looking for one that's in this um, in the fridge. So there there are a few strains that are stable at shelf life. Uh, sorry, stable on the shelf that don't need to be um, refrigerated. But there's very 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 few. So you know that's a really easy thing. That if it's not in the fridge, it's probably not the right uh, brand for you. And then um, making sure that you're looking at um, uh, looking at strains that will actually survive the that's um, stomach acid. So things like you know Lactobacillus rhamnos and Saccharomyces boulardii and those types of strains. They're well known for surviving the um, the stomach acid and really making sure they colonise. Yeah, interesting. So there are obviously a lot of quote unquote shelf stable probiotics on the market so is that to do with the fact that obviously they perhaps can't test the initial ingredients which can then be included on the label but there's no regulation to test if the bacteria are still alive or what are your thoughts on what we see in terms of shelf shelf probiotics yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, obviously to keep them shelf stable, they have to have a filler in there. They'd have to be excipients in there that, you know, what are they and how are they impacting your body and how are they impacting the, the actual strains of the bacteria? And yeah, I, they, I, they can only measure the strength of that bacteria, obviously at the lab, and then how strong is it when it's been sitting on the shelf for three months before you pick it up. So, and I, you know, being a living food, it needs to be protected and refrigerated. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, and, and there may be ones out there that I haven't seen that are really wonderful, but at this stage I'm not a big fan of ones that just sit on the shelf because it kind of goes against the concept of a living food. Mm. Yeah, and then you mentioned about the stomach acid. So, how does that then impact your choices around whether you would choose a powder or are they better in a capsule and can, can everyone tolerate capsules? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, gosh, it's a, that's a great question with sort of two parts to it. So um, there is some probiotic strains that have what's called an enteric coating on them. So that enteric coating is specifically there to survive the stomach acid. So when you take it, as it goes through the stomach acid, the stomach acid will burn that enteric coating. And then once it's um, progressed through the digestive system, when it finally gets down to the small intestine, um, the premise is that then the um, living bacteria that's in that capsule has survived and then will be able to colonise. So that's something like Mutaflor, um, which is a wonderful E. coli strain, so a beneficial E. coli strain that is absolutely vital for that small intestine. Um, but if you've got, if you're taking probiotics that have got capsules that are made out of cellulose or they're made out of 
um, different types of man-made products, your body might not even be able to actually digest those capsules <laughs> or the capsules are burnt off by the stomach acid and it won't survive. So, yeah, you've really got to look into what you're taking and the form that it's going in and how it's going through your body. Mm. Yeah, right. So it sounds like then we're looking for, you know, particular strains that we know can survive the acidic nature of the stomach, um, but also, you know, that maybe food is best for the reasons above. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously food will always be best. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when you get that CFU count nice and high, you've got a much better chance of it getting through and colonising. So if you do need to go for a probiotic um, capsule or a probiotic powder, then just make sure you're getting a really good quality with a really high CFU count. And, um, yeah, and understanding, you know, okay, what's going on for me? What are my health concerns? And what are the specific strains that I need? rather than going for that scattergun approach of just going into the chemist and going, oh, I think I need to take a probiotic and just picking up something off of the shelf. Mm. So, um, you know, like if you've got a skin condition or if you've got eczema or any of those sorts of things, yeah, something like lactobacillus rhamnos is going to be amazing. It's going to be very, very beneficial. It's a beneficial for IBS and that's why we see it a lot in the store-bought probiotics um, because there's a lot of research around the lactobacillus rhamnos GG, that specific strain, and its impacts on those things. So, um, you know, I would, when you're working either with your practitioner or you're going to buy some probiotics, I would go through each strain. Okay, what are the strains? What do they do? Um, do I have those problems? So, and the research is out there. And so you can be that little detective to find out what exactly is perfect for your situation. Yeah, beautiful. So what are some other examples then? I mean, IBS is obviously a really, really huge issue. It's that unfortunate blanket diagnosis that people are often given when there's no other explanation for their symptoms, but it has been studied so so well, so we are really clear of what strains can assist. But have you got some other specific examples as to what strains you would use in particular health situations? Yeah, so the um, bifidobacterium strains are really, really um, well researched with regards to things like B12 deficiency and therefore, um, you know, obviously having a lack of energy and having a lack of, um, with your B12, uh, you know, lack of energy and also that mental health and that clarity, so low mood. So bifido strains help us to synthesise and make those B vitamins and so you know if you've got mood um, you know if you're feeling like you're really up and down with your moods or um, you know you do have a B12 deficiency then those bifido strains are going to be incredible for you. Um, the bifido strains are also amazing for helping to digest plant matter so if you are the person that's taking digestive enzymes to try and help to digest your food because every time you eat and then you, you know, check out your stool and your toilet, which you need to be doing every day because that's the window of your health. And if you see your, um, you know, carrot in there and you see your leafy greens in there and there's, you know, 
a lack of digested food, or sorry, there's undigested food in there, and you're taking digestive enzymes, then your next thing to look at is your bifidostrains. Do I have a lack of bifidostrain and then maybe I need, because I can't digest my foods, then I need to maybe bump them up. And there are certain probiotic companies that do just bifidostrains. We know that for children with regards to um, colic, that, you know, supplementing with um, bifidobacterium longum can be, and the infetus is really beneficial to help with colic and um, being, you know, unsettled and that sort of gassy kind of um, sort of picture that young, young kids get. And so there's little baby biotics that can really support babies when they're breastfeeding. So there's some really good research around that. And then obviously, um, you know, there's more sort of complex, uh, like that mutiflor that I was just talking about, you know, that's going to help with um, a lot of mood disorders. Um, you know, if you've got thyroid issues, if you've got, um, you know, any form of mental health concerns, then we know there's such significant links between low E. coli, which is the beneficial strain that we have in our small intestine, um, and those conditions. And so taking something specific like that, Mutaflor, can have such a huge impact on your health. We also know that things like Saccharomyces boulardii can really help with thrush and really help with candida. And it's a really good one for traveller's diarrhoea. So, you know, if you're travelling to overseas to a developing country or Bali or something like that, um, you know, a lot of those ones that you see in the shops that I think they literally call them like traveller's support or traveller's aid or something, that will have that Saccharomyces boulardii in there because it helps with, um, you know, getting getting the, you know, obviously the pathogenic E. coli or salmonella or all those sorts of things that, helps to crowd out those horrible, horrible gut bugs that you get when you're travelling and it can help to rebuild your gut. So, yeah, there's, you know, you can, it's a bit like a shopping list, okay, what do I need and which particular strains um, are going to best support me for that. Yeah, beautiful. There's some great ideas. And so what about when it comes to the products that we see on the market that involve prebiotics. Could you define define prebiotics for us and your thoughts on the inclusion of both pre and probiotics in a supplement or powdered form? Yeah, so a prebiotic is food for the bacteria. So we've obviously got the bacteria, which is the probiotic, and then the prebiotic is, um, you know, you've got those little guys living down there in your gut and the prebiotic is the food that goes down there and feeds them so they can multiply. So prebiotics we find in, you know, pretty much every food that we have. And that's, um, you know, why we're such a, an amazing complex system that, you know, we have, the, we're basically all microorganisms. And then what we eat goes to feed all of these different microorganisms. So it's a, it's a beautiful synergy. But what I see as a bit of a sort of fashion at the moment is a mixture of having uh, the probiotic supplement and then the prebiotic supplement within it. So things like FOS and inulin. Now, once again, these prebiotics, if you have um, imbalances, 
or if, you're, if you've got some conditions that you're working with, um, the prebiotics might actually be feeding those um, pathogens that you've got or those specific issues that you have. So you've got to be pretty careful, which is why food is always going to be best. So there's obviously prebiotics in all the foods that we have. Um, so if you are out of balance, just stick with food for now. And then really I feel like you should be only working with a practitioner if you're going to be using prebiotics because they can really feed infections and, and really throw a, a complete firestorm and, and cause all sorts of problems. So, um, but always using food and, you know, obviously that's lots of fibre, you know, your nuts and seeds and resistant starches and all of those beautiful, um, you know, even um, meat fibre is a wonderful prebiotic for um, bacteroides strains. So you can get it in your food, but you need to be digesting your food to have it broken down into those beautiful little parcels for your bacteria to then utilise. So, and that's also where I see um, some poor people, they're eating the best gut healing diet, but they're not digesting it. And so their gut bacteria is starving. And that's when, um, you know, we we see a lot of stomach, you know, gut problems and a lot of people really, really struggling to rebuild their gut. So always be looking at your digestion and how you're preparing those prebiotics and that food for your bacteria. Mm, yeah, really interesting because, again, it's I'm starting to see a lot of products on the market and it's definitely a term that we're discussing a lot more where, of, you know, whereas probiotics have been around for decades in my experience, prebiotics um, are relatively new to the party, so to speak. Um, yeah. But yeah, the fermentation, particularly the, the that lack of awareness as to what's happening internally, can create a bit of a volcano if it's yeah not prescribed appropriately. Yeah, and you know we we haven't had to in the past ever used an inulin fibre. Came, which has come as a supplement mm. to, re, to grow our bacteria in our gut. You know, this is all new stuff. And, you know, I always get a little bit concerned when, you know, we're, yeah, you know, we're isolating one thing and then just dumping it into an ocean, which mm. is basically what you're doing with a prebiotic is, oh, this is the latest thing. So I'll take that and dump it into your body, which is this vast ocean of so many complex systems, bacteria, microorganisms. And, you know, what have you done by just isolating that one thing but giving, giving your body huge amounts of it? How does that work in every other system? But when you eat, you know, foods as that medicine, the body knows how to utilise that and the bacteria knows how to utilise that. So, um, and obviously... There are cases and, you know, Steph, you and I work with people that have got those cases that we have seen their results, we've seen what's going on and they, they may need those very specific things but that's when we know exactly what's going on. But, yeah, just going out and buying a prebiotic and dump, dumping it into your ocean, um, I'd be a bit nervous about that. Yeah, I agree. And I think science has evolved a long way even in recent years. Like I've definitely been guilty of saying, 
you know, that it's really important to choose a probiotic with the, the most number of strains. But, you know, mm. if you've already got overgrowth of those strains, then you're going to perpetuate the overgrowth. So it's coming back to that, you know, our mantra, that test don't guess because then you know exactly what you need and you're not going to have to find out the hard way. Yeah, and, you know, and that that was for me. I had to find out the hard way, unfortunately. And for a long time I was supplementing with a, um, you know, a probiotic that had a strain in it that I had an overgrowth of anyway. And so I was just making myself sicker and sicker and sicker and um, was buying a very, very expensive probiotic that um, I was spending a heap of money to make myself worse. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it is really important. Now, obviously, yes, lots of diversity in the strains is important, mm. but know each particular strain. And, you know, there are even some people that have, um, specific genetic conditions and have specific concerns where there are some strains that, you know, that have, form, have histamine forming, um, you know, metabolites and that cause uh, issues within the, chem the pathways within your body that you, you just will never be able to have. And so once again, it's really getting to know your body and what's right for you or if that's not something that you're into, find someone that, you know, that I love to do, so a practitioner, and get them to do it for you because <laughs> not everyone wants to spend all their time looking at the literature like you and I do, Steph, so I forget that sometimes. <laughs> so just, just utilise us, you know, and we'll make the decisions for you. But, um, yeah, it, 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 can just, it can just cause so many problems if you're not really, really onto, onto it. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else we need to be aware of when looking at probiotics off the shelf? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously just obviously making sure about the quality, the stability of it. Look mm. at the date. Um, really make sure that the, you know, that there's a long time before the end date because obviously that the bacteria in there does die off. And so you know, if it's, if the shelf life is ending in a month's time, you're not going to get much out of that. Mm. So that's very important. Um, and yeah, I think just making sure that you understand what's going on for your particular body and, and what you need is, is really the sort of end game with that. Yeah. Really cool. And what do we do when we're traveling? If we can't take the, the packets that, um, yeah, are sitting outside the fridge. Yeah, so when you're travelling, first of all, um, do you actually really need it? So lots of people, because there is this big sort of thing about um, probiotics, a lot of people just think that they need to take it. Um, but a lot of people don't need to take any probiotics with them. So um, I suppose just first check in, do I really need to take it? And secondly, if you don't, um, you know, you can, you can take probiotics on ice in little freezer bags and you can take that on flights with you. You can check them in. Most places have a fridge when you get there. They will survive outside of refrigeration for a period of time. So, you know, if we were flying from Australia to New Zealand or Bali or even over to Europe, if that's on ice, it's going to be fine and it will last the distance and then obviously pretty much you'll have access to a fridge unless you're going hiking or, you know, doing something outdoors where you don't have access to a fridge. Um, but with regards to the travelling, their um, Saccharomyces boulardii is such a good one to take with you and that does 
survive quite well outside um, whilst you're traveling. So that should be fine. Yeah, beautiful. Amazing. So very individual, but really important to learn exactly what you need. Um, and that's why we always, you know, where possible, suggest bioscreen testing, which is the fecal microbial ana- analysis that you and I have spoken about many times. So I will um, put some more information in the show notes about what that involves because there is a way for you to identify you know, your gut microbiome and learn more about what strains that you would benefit from. Um, But definitely look at those symptoms as well because your body will tell you a lot about what's going on. And if you start quite gradually, you can do a little bit of testing. Um, But beyond that, I would definitely look at, you know, learning exactly what strains are inside you with your Bioscreen FMA. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny talking about Bioscreen. I had a a phone call with the director of the lab there and we were talking about prebiotics. Um, And I said, oh, you know, what's your thoughts on all of these new prebiotics coming through and all of these products that have these probiotics and these prebiotics in here and this big sort of rage at the moment to add it to smoothies and, you know, it's in all the foods and all of this kind of stuff. And it was so funny that, you know, the scientist said to me, and were we taking these 50 years ago? Yeah. Were we taking these 100 years ago? Do our, do our you know, guts not even know how to handle these things? And it was, it was funny. It was only about two weeks ago we had this conversation. So it just um, reminded me of that. So, yeah, exactly like what you're saying, Steph, just make those little inquiries. And it's incredible when you find out what's going on. Um, you just you get in the driver's seat and you start making moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom again today, Kirsty. It's been great to have you on the show and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks, Steph. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favour? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Real. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.